0: Why has Rodney Terry not been made the head coach yet of Texas men's basketball? We explore that. And also inside Texas run to the sweet 16. Can they go to the final four? Can they win it all? Jonathan Davis is here to break that down. It's coming up next. You are locked on big 12, your daily podcast on the big 12 conference, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast, brought to you all today by the FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Jonathan Davis is here from Locked On Longhorns. No, it's not spring football talk. It is basketball talk. Uh, Longhorns in the Sweet 16. Jonathan, first thing, why is Rodney Terry not the head coach of Texas men's basketball? No interim, straight up head coach. Why not?
1: I have no idea and I think that he's done plenty enough to earn the job I mean he's won 75 percent of his games he's won a big 12 tournament championship first sweet 16 since you know 2008 and honestly I think if we were talking about any of the other 15 schools that were in the sweet 16 right now given what Rodney Terry did they wouldn't have him out here coaching for his job every game four games away from a national championship but you know this is Texas and we can get whoever we want and, and you know we got to hold out and make sure we're hiring the right coach. So, you know, I think it's disrespectful at this point. I think it's become a distraction to the team and every press conference, they have to answer about Rodney Terry's job security rather than, you know, answer about basketball and focus on basketball. And I know there's some Texas fans saying, Oh, we'll just wait to the end of the season. The team is playing hard right now. You don't want to mess up anything. You know, just wait to the end of the season. They'll figure it out after the season. That's fine. But this is still a human being we're talking about that yeah. deserves jobs security and deserves a contract so i don't care how hard the team i don't care what you think will be messed up if they give him a contract he deserves job security he deserves to coach in the sweet 16 knowing he'll have a job in three weeks and the fact that the university of texas has decided to stream this out the way they have is very disrespectful to rodney Terry.
0: so you mentioned like who are they can get anybody they want right anybody they want and they have the money for it
1: allegedly allegedly yeah
0: allegedly the money for who who is it like, I don't really want John Calipari. Also, he's not going to leave. He has, like, a, he has like an amazing recruiting class coming in to Kentucky. But, like, who are the actual names? One I thought of, Eric Musselman, was one that I actually thought of at Arkansas. But outside of that, like, who is Texas going to poach? Maybe Jay Wright wants to come out. Maybe just say, hey, Jay, we'll make you the highest paid coach in college basketball to come coach Texas Longhorns. But he seems like he's kind of out of the game. So who is it really that you think Texas could get? And, you know... Are we at the point where you're like, yeah, I'm not really sure. Why isn't Ronnie Terry our guy? And it's a short-term, cheap contract, and he can prove it.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's the other part of the equation. Like, who are you going to get? You talk about Eric Musselman, but he's been a three straight sweet 16s at Arkansas. Like, why he anything he can do at Texas, he can do at Arkansas. People talked right. about Nate Oates early in the season, but his display of lack of institutional control, I'm out on that. You no, know, no. so like you said, John Calipari. So, I mean, at this point, Yikes. to me, it's either, <laughs> exactly, it's either blank check to j- they give Rodney Terry the contract that he deserves. It is that simple, and the University of Texas has allowed it to become a distraction because they're making it more complicated than it needs to be.
0: Yeah, I will say this. you know, the the unknown about Rodney Terry is that, look, these are not his players. He did not recruit them. Uh, you know did not like I, well he, he recruited them to Texas, like right you know, he's part of that process getting transfers and whatnot. But he was not obviously didn't bring them in initially, I guess you could say, right? Uh, kind of a hand-picked roster, kind of the way they did things is already in place. But we did see some changes in some of the, st- you know, the stats, and the numbers for them once he was the head coach as opposed to when Beard was the head coach. So I do think he has his own style. Um, I will say, like, I love – he seems very in the moment. He's used that phrase about, you know, just where you're fe- being where your feet are, and he's used it all year. And I think um, his team has been very good at being present. I thought their loss to Kansas this year was very impressive. The fact they went to K-State, beat them, and then, you know, basically 48 hours later are now in Allen Fieldhouse and are just going to the wire with Kansas. I think it shows you that, like, they're not a team that dwells. They they very much move on to the next thing. and did a good job of that. They're very good at moving on from mistakes. I thought they managed that Penn State run perfectly in that game. You know, I, I people were like, uh-oh, Texas on the ropes. They were fine. They were composed. They retook the lead very shortly and held – Try to give it away uh, at the very end there a little bit, but they've held on to it very impressively. I think this team, while old, the, the leadership, I think, is the number one thing that they have it early, but they also seem to get it from their coach as well. Their coach seems very in lockstep with the players.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're a battle tested team. You talked about, you know, when they went down three. I know a lot of people, including myself, were like, here we go, you know, but this is a team that has come down from double digits, I think three times to win under Rodney Terry alone, you know, Texas Tech game, um, the TCU game. k State, they were down. There was another game. I think K State, I think the second Kansas State game. game. I think we were down double digits as well and came back and won that game. So they were battle tested. They have a lot of experience. They, you know, they have like you said, a, a roster full of players that have been here and done that, and so when they got down three, you know, they just came out, calmed themselves down, and this is a team that's following Ronnie Terry and his coaching staff, you know, and I think recently, what we've seen is this team has reached its full potential, one, because they found Dylan DeSue on the offensive end, but two, um, they've become a team that's hanging their hat on defense and rebound, and we talk so much about the talent on this team all the time and what they can do offensively, but the teams that win in March are the teams that defend at a high level and rebound, and that's the reason that Texas is on the current six-game win streak that they are on because they have bought into defending at a high level and they've bought into rebounding at a high level. And, of course, they're good enough on the offensive end to be, beat most teams that they go against.
0: Yeah, they've got – they've got. I think I'd say like four or five guys that if they went for 20, you're not surprised, right? Carr, we obviously know he can go for 20. Serge Ibari – actually, the second guy I go to is funny enough, a bench player, right? Serge Bar- I mean, if Serge Barry Rice was starter, he'd be scoring, you know, damn near 20 a game. That dude can fill it up. Tyrese Hunter, like, I know he hasn't done that very often, but not surprised with him. He's a really good defender, and we know we can go off in tournament games. He did at Iowa State. Uh t- I think Timmy Allen's pretty good too. Like I know he's, I know he's had some rough yeah. patches this year. And then Dessou and also Christian Bishop. I think he had a twenty point game maybe recently too. Like or like an eighteen point game recently. But like they, I'd be they surprised if Christian Bishop before. gave you twenty,
1: but it's possible. Yeah, yeah. no, well, I'm I mean it's, it's definitely not, it's <laughs> not impossible.
0: it's not impossible. Okay, not, like let's just say four and a half guys, right? Let's be let's be fair. There. So four and a half guys, I can give you, I can give you twenty. I mean they're dangerous, like you said, they're buying in on defense.
1: Yeah, it's a very talented team. And I I think what's interesting about this team is there's no bona fide NBA talent on it. Right. Like they don't have a a Brandon Miller or somebody that's, you know, it's like, oh, okay he's going to be a top 10 pick in the draft. It's just a really good collection of college players who have been around and done that. And I think this team has been able to flow offensively recently because before coming into the, you know, the tournament and all of that, it was like, oh, okay they have really good guards. Right. Like they have one of the best trio slash quartet of guards in the country, but now you have a team that can really score on you inside out, right? They can go into the paint and score 70% of their buckets in there with Dylan DeSueur, or Kristen Bishop and still, you know, pass it back out to the guards that we have. And so, yeah, you know, it's a, a really good collection of talent. Like you said, it's four to five players on this team that could lead the team in scoring and would not be surprised, but I think really, What's changed this team and what has them on the six game win streak and what has them as legitimate national championship contenders is their attention to detail and the effort they have put on the defensive end of the ball and the because they were able to score all throughout the season. We saw them put 100 points on Kansas State. We saw them score 80, 90 multiple times. But when they were doing that, I thought this team ceiling is probably the sweet Sixteen because they're not defending at a high level, and they're not rebounding. Their last two games before the six-game win streak, they were out-rebounded by 30 combined to Baylor and TCU. Mm. So as good as they were offensively, this team had a ceiling. Now the way that they're rebounding, and now that the way that they're defending, coupled with what they have on the offensive end and Ronnie Terry's offensive adjustments, this team is a legitimate national championship contender.
0: Yeah, I mean, Marcus Carr, too, like he is – you know, I've I've always I've been saying you know I feel like he's just going to shoot him out of a game. It's not really he has this at, at times this year, but really recently. I mean, you look at the 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 whole body of work this year. His numbers are up shooting wise, basically from everywhere, every point of his game. Uh, he is up from last season. He is up from the floor. He is up from three. He is up from the line. His turnovers are down. His rebounds are up. His assists are up. His scoring is up. Like. Everything you would have wanted from Marcus Carr this year has gotten better. And as much hesitance as there was with him as the trigger man at times, and like I know he had a three for you know fifteen against TCU and a two for ten against Oklahoma State, but like he is, he is. I think uh, much it doesn't it doesn't feel like he is the offense. He feels like he's now much more of a part of the offense, maybe the main cog in the offense as opposed to the offense.
1: Yeah, well, I think at times you had to rely on him for scoring you had to rely on him to be your dominant scorer but I think you know he's just kind of we're seeing that maturation not only as a person but as a point guard in in Marcus Carr and I think we've really seen that this year even though he has his nights where he's not going to shoot well and this Texas team is very inconsistent we've already seen it in two games in the tournament where they shoot 50 percent from three one game and then come back and shoot seven percent from three in the next game but I think the good thing about Marcus Carr is he's doing a good job of being decisive right when do I need to attack as a scorer When do I need to get my teammates set up as a playmaker? And what I love about Marcus Carr and really the rest of this team, you mentioned it earlier with Tyrese Hunter, when they're not on offensively, they still defend at a high level. And so even when Marcus Carr is not scoring at a great clip or he's missing his shots, he's still going to get his teammates involved and he's still going to defend at a high level. And to me, that's the maturation of Marcus Carr that you've seen as a point guard this year. He can still affect the game and be a winning basketball player even when his shot is not falling. That has never been the case for Marcus Carr prior to this year.
0: And uh, we'll talk about the Xavier matchup here in a second. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you brought to you all by the FanDuel Sportsbook. If you all want to wager on any of the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight matchups, or also just wager on who will win the national championship, if you guys want to wager on single game props as well. You guys can do that at the FanDuel Sportsbook At at FanDuel.com/slash locked on today. You guys will get a uh, insurance basically insurance on your first bet up to $1,000, I believe, right now. So once again, FanDuel.com slash locked on today. Make every moment matter more with the FanDuel Sportsbook. All right, so what are we expecting here from this game against Xavier? Xavier's a very good offensive team. Uh, They shoot the three very well. Um, They like to get up and down. So I actually think this is a game where Texas, like you mentioned, they have to hit the glass, but they're gonna to try to slow the pace down of this game, right? I feel like Texas they can push if they want to, but they really are kind of a, a good half-court offense. Like that, that is where they can do some damage because the different facets, as you mentioned, guys who can attack, guys who can shoot, guys who can play in the post, they kind of have a little bit of everything. And so that kind of that balance breakfast, slow it down, run our offense might be the might be the game plan here. You agree?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very interesting to see how Rodney Terry plays it um, and his coaching staff. And it's good that you have a week to prepare for Xavier rather than, you know, the limited yes. amount of time you had to prepare for Penn State after Colgate. But I think the benefits uh, Texas is the teams you've played thus far. And it's kind of become a tough slate when you look at Colgate. Uh, being the best three-point shooting team in the country. Penn State, what they're able to do with their three-point shooting and their passing. And and then now you look at Xavier, a team that averages over 80 points, averages, I think, what, 19 assists a game? Average a lot of assists a game. Like you said, they like to get up and down the floor. The playing styles have been similar between Colgate to Penn State and then Penn State to Xavier. And so you kind of come in and and defend the same way that you would. As far as the offensive end and pushing the tempo, I know that this is a team that wants to push the tempo at times and you know get some easy baskets, but you mentioned When it's a a tight game or it's coming down the wire and different things like that, this team does have the ability to go to that high ball screen action with Marcus Carr and Dylan DeSue, dump it down to Dylan DeSue in the post and, and kind of slow it down and get some easier baskets in the half court than I think Xavier is capable of. So I think they can kind of play that up and down game with Xavier, but when the game gets tight you know, down the stretch, they can also execute a little bit better in the half court offensively. And that's why I think Texas wins and covers because that's what good and great teams do on Friday against Xavier.
0: Yeah, kind of the questions for them have been about you know guarding big guys, and I know they got a couple of big, you know, couple of really good ones on Xavier with Zach Fremantle and then obviously Jack Nungey. Uh, that'll be a big key for them is, is stopping those guys inside. But you know, they've been up to the task with some of these. Um, all right, I want to ask you about some football stuff before we get out of here. Okay. So I saw in I saw that uh, our guy Arch Manning, you know, getting to fight for the job, right? And yeah. then he's running with the threes. And uh, our guy Malik Murphy is run with twos, is what I saw from Orange Bloods today. So, like, this is kind of what I thought would happen anyway. I thought it'd be if you're going to have one guy challenge the job, it should be Malik Murphy because he's been around, knows the system, and like is, I mean, is their scout team guy and has basically done everything in that role. I would trust him more than the guy coming from uh, great name and great, you know, high school stats, but coming from what, 2A in Tennessee? Is that what it was? Is that, was that what it was, two, two, two a high school? Louisiana, yeah. Two, like, two, two, Louisiana, whatever the hell he was. 2A high school
1: two. footballers.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, like, and look, I'm not saying he's not going to be good, but come on. I, I, this, this makes sense to me. I like this.
1: Yeah, no, this is how it was supposed to be, but Malik Murphy missed yeah. the first three spring practices with an ankle injury that he suffered in high school. So it was like he got, you know, he came into college, Had the ankle injury. Well, he was dealing with the ankle injury. He couldn't fully participate in the spring last year. Then he gets cleared. He has some type of wrist injury, I think, on a a scooter downtown in Austin, which is why they were talking about Charles Wright playing against UTSA last year, if you remember, in game three. Then in the Alamo Bowl, he's quarterback two. And so we're like, okay, you know, Hudson Carter's going off to Purdue. Then we start the spring, and Arch Manning is quarterback two because Malik Murphy is dealing with complications from his ankle. That preceded everything I just mentioned going back to his high school championship game. So we're like, what's going on? Why is Malik Murphy not participating? But he did come back to practice today. They had taken a spring break off. So they did three spring practices. And then I had a whole week off for spring break. I guess that was really good for Malik Murphy. He's back uh, in that quarterback two spot. And this is what every Texas fan, everybody that covers the team, everybody envisioned that Malik Murphy would be quarterback two this year and it would allow for slower development and them to kind of have some patience with Arch Manning. There was a scary point in that first week of spring practices where we looked at it and said, hey, we might have to rely on Arch Manning this year. When you looked at Quinn Ewers, his last two years as a starter, he's gotten hurt. The two years he coached at the University of Texas, He's used two quarterbacks in 12 of the last 15 years at the 40 acres. The University of Texas has used two quarterbacks. So we were like, well, damn, if anything happens, Arch Manning has to come in with Malik Murphy back healthy. Second year in the system, he is the rightful quarterback, too. And I'm glad he only missed three practices. And now he's back in that second rotation as quarterback, two, which allows Arch Manning to get the development he needs this year and take a year off as quarterback three, presumably, if both quarterbacks in front of him don't get hurt.
0: Yeah, I myth. Mean, that was the thing is, I, I guess Malik Murphy at one point was QB3. Then he was injured. Then he was QB2 for a second. Then he, you know, got hurt. Then I had, think he, I remember somebody saying he did some stuff with the Scout team. I forgot if he was doing anything or not. Then he's QB2, like you mentioned in the bowl game. And now it's like, all right, what's happening? And now he's back to QB2 again. Right. And so it's yeah. like, if I, you know, I know, it, I know it's been all over the place, but still, if I had to pick somebody because I feel like his familiarity to push Quinn Ewers, you don't want somebody who's having to learn how to play college football and also having to learn a new system. So I would take the guy who's been there for a while, and hopefully he knows the playbook at this point because he's been sitting around studying for a long. And and, and, and like I said, like yeah.
1: And and like I said, you know, based on the first week of spring practice, you were in a position where you were one hit away from having to rely on Arch Manning in what many people think is a Big Twelve championship or bust type season to win games for you this year. And I'm not sure because neither you Pass in Malik Murphy or Arch Manning. I'm not sure which one is better to come in and win games for you this year, if need be. But, you know, Malik Murphy has the experience edge. He, like you said, he's not learning how to be a college football player. He's not learning how to be a college student in his second yeah. year in the system. So, yeah, he spent, enough, <laughs> he spent enough time off the field to at least know what Steve Sarkeesian likes to do in that playbook by right now, hopefully.
0: All right, Jonathan Davis of Locked On Longhorns, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety?
1: They can find me at Jonzo Ball. That is my personal Twitter, like Lonzo Ball, who will now miss another season. He has the, oh, the, the, so the most sad. curious knee in so professional sad, sports. Uh, yeah. You can find me at Locked On Horns on Twitter. You can find me at Locked On Longhorns on YouTube. You can find me wherever the party at when Texas wins the national championship in men's <laughs> basketball. Hook
0: them. We always appreciate Jonathan Davis. Talk to you soon.
1: Yes, sir.